Coming up on today's edition of the Locked On Raiders podcast, is there a move or two the Raiders can make before the trade deadline? We'll talk about that plus a whole lot more on Friday's edition of the Locked On Raiders podcast, October 27th, 2023. Your Locked On Raiders, your daily podcast on the Las Vegas Raiders, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Just win. Welcome in Raider Nation to another edition of the Locked On Raiders podcast. Thank you so much for making the show your first listen of the day. Make sure you subscribe or follow for free on YouTube or wherever you get your podcast to get the latest edition of the show as soon as it becomes available. Of course, as always, if you're checking us out on YouTube, thank you so much. We're almost at 10,000 subscriptions already on YouTube. So thank you. Thank you. And thank you some more. And if you haven't subscribed to the YouTube page, go ahead and do that right now. Of course, the Lockdown Raider Podcast YouTube page uh, is popping because of my man Ari. Ari does a great job each and every day making sure we're up on YouTube, we're looking good, and we're sounding good. You can hit him up on Twitter and say, um, thanks, Ari. Thanks for doing a good job. Hit him up on Twitter, at Ari Produces. You can hit me up on Twitter as well, at your boy Q254. And, of course, we got the Lockdown Raider Podcast voicemail line at 707-654-4693. We didn't have any calls or texts on Thursday's show because we had the crossover edition, but we'll be back at it today coming up in segment number three try to squeeze in as many calls and texts as possible that's segment number three segment number two we're going to talk about that trade deadline comes up october 31st that's on tuesday following the raiders game on monday night football with the detroit lions so is there a chance between now and then that they could be players before the trade deadline whether that means trading players out or bringing players in. I'll talk about all that coming up in segment number two. Here in segment number one, I'd like to hit you with the news and notes of the day, whatever I was able to collect. So let's go ahead and jump into it as soon as I tell you about the title sponsor today, which is Prize Picks, the easiest and most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. Go to prizepicks.com slash locked on NFL. Use code all lowercase locked on NFL for a first deposit match up to $100. So as far as news and notes of the day go, off top, the Raiders uh, announced that Curtis Bolton, the linebacker, has been designated to return from the reserve injured list. So he's got 21 days to actually be officially activated. Uh, that's what that means. And he's a guy that's a real good core special teamer. And he's a guy that in a pinch could be out there defensively as a linebacker as well. So he was designated to return from the reserve injured list. Also, I want to go over the injury report. Uh, we got one on Thursday. We'll get one today. We'll get another one on Saturday. And then on Monday, 90 minutes before kickoff, we'll find out who's active, who's inactive as far as the silver and black and the Lions go. So on Thursday, uh, the injury report for the Raiders, Devontae Adams dealing with a shoulder injury, full participant. Cornerback Ja'Korian Bennett, shoulder and knee injury, limited. Remember, he's missed uh, He missed the last game. He was out because of that shoulder and knee injury. So you know, we'll see if he's able to upgrade and ramp up a little bit. But he was limited on Thursday. Uh, Curtis, Curtis Bolton, who I mentioned earlier, is dealing with the knee injury, was limited on Thursday. Kicker Daniel Carlson, he's got that right groin injury. He did not participate in practice on Thursday. Definitely something to pay attention to. I talked about it on Thursday's show that uh, they signed a kicker to the practice squad. So obviously they're having a guy there just in case he's not able to go on Monday. And if not, that's a bummer because you know Daniel Carlson is such a big-time weapon for the Raiders. So Daniel Carlson, right groin injury, did not participate in practice on Thursday. Defensive end Max Crosby with the knee injury was limited. I'm sure he's good to go. I have no doubt about it. Matter of fact, that he'll be good to go on Monday. Linebacker Divine Diablo dealing with the ankle injury, did not participate. If you remember, he left the Bears game with that ankle injury and did not return. Quarterback Jimmy Garoppolo, back injury, limited. He missed the last game, obviously, due to the back injury, left the Patriots game at halftime due to the back injury. Uh, he's a guy that Josh McDaniels says is going to go. He's hopeful to go 
on Monday. And you'll hear from Coach McDaniels in just a little bit. Cornerback Nate Hobbs has been dealing with the ankle injuries, missed a couple games now, was limited on Thursday. So it sounds like all of a sudden he's getting a little bit better. And defensively, you need to have all, as much guys as possible. You want to have as many of your guys as possible. So it'd be great to get Nate Hobbs back for this game on Monday. But uh, step in the right direction, I guess, is uh, the being limited as far as the injury report goes. And then Marcus Peters, dealing with a back injury, did not participate at all. And I know we've been pretty tough on Marcus uh, for the lack of effort that he put out there when he was trying to tackle. Maybe the back injury has something to do with it, right? I don't want to just hammer him and hammer him and hammer him, and I don't want to give him an excuse either. But maybe the back injury, maybe it's something he, he pulled in the game and he stayed out there because he didn't want to leave the game. I don't know. But he did not participate in practice on Thursday due to a back injury. As far as the Lions go, they have one, two, three, four, five guys that did not participate. Guard Jonah Jackson with the ankle injury. Defensive tackle Benito Jones with the ankle injury. Running back David Montgomery with the rib injury. Center Frank Raggett now with the uh, toe and calf injury. Linebacker Malcolm Rodriguez with an ankle injury. And then guard H. Vital. I'm not even going to go and try to say his whole name. It's uh, a big, very long name, uh, but he's a guard, and I'll just say uh, H. Vital. Uh, dealing with the bank, uh, he was at the back injury. He was actually limited. He did not, uh, he did not miss the whole practice. He was limited. And then cornerback Jerry Jacobs with a knee injury was a full participant. Again, we'll get another injury report today. We'll get another one on Saturday, and then, like I mentioned, ninety minutes before kickoff, we'll get an official who's in and who's out. As far as head coach Josh McDaniels, we met with him on Thursday at the Intermountain Health Performance Center, and I just got a couple sound bites that I want you to hear from him. We'll get to meet with him again on Saturday before the Raiders take off and head to Detroit. Uh, we'll also have a little bit of locker room action on Saturday as well, so look forward to that. We'll have that sound from the locker room coming up uh, on Monday's show ahead of the game, Raiders versus Lions, Monday Night Football. But here's Josh McDaniels' opening statement when it comes to the Detroit Lions, letting you know that they officially turned the page from the Bears lost to the Lions week eight action. Here he is, Josh McDaniels opening statement. All right, so we're on to Detroit. This is a good football team, you know, in all three phases and team we don't know all that well. So we're kind of getting uh, getting familiar with them, obviously trying to introduce them to our guys, but uh, explosive team uh, really in all three phases. Um, good skill players, use them all. Good balance or running pass. Quarterbacks playing very efficiently right now. Line's good. Um, you know, most of them are young and, you know, physical. Um, the defense, very a good rush. Hutchinson's obviously, I mean, he's, he's a really good player. Um, great effort. Their front, I think, doesn't get enough credit. There's a lot of guys that are disruptive. Two linebackers, two safeties are their top tacklers, and they do a good job of flying to the ball. You can see the way that they play, um, and they're very opportunistic, you know, get their hands on a lot of footballs. A lot of PBUs, a lot of opportunities for for turnovers uh, that they create, and kicking game uh, punters is probably as good as we're going to see. Um, great hang time placement. Um, we know about his um, accolades as a passer too. He's done some of that too. So very aggressive team. Uh, nobody's gone for it more than they have on fourth down uh, this year. So there, you, you can see their style and their philosophy kind of rings true in all three phases and. Um, you know, obviously this will be a, uh, a really good test for us on the road. It'll be a, I'm sure, a great environment. So um, the only other thing on the roster is we're going to start uh, Curtis Bolton's um, clock for return today. So he'll be out there on the practice field. Any update on Jimmy Garoppolo? He'll be out there. Okay. Yep. So is he? Hopeful. Okay. Yeah. I mean, as long as we don't have any, you know. Anything goes the other way. Um, we're very hopeful that that'll be the case. So pretty lengthy opening statement right there, just kind of breaking down all elements of the 
of the Lions. And then you also heard there at the end, Jimmy uh, Garoppolo is, uh, is, is hopeful to be out there on Monday practicing in a limited capacity. But Vinny Bonsignor asked a question about an update on Jimmy. And so everything sounds like it's trending in the right direction. That's kind of what we were hearing going all the way back to uh, last weekend, last Saturday, when Adam Schefter put out there that the Raiders were hopeful that Jimmy would be available for Monday night football. And then the only other soundbite I have for you from head coach Josh McDaniels was uh, the question I asked him about the missed tackles and if there's going to be an emphasis in practice this week on those missed tackles because that's something that they struggled with on Sunday versus the Bears. What of emphasis will there be in practice this week on tackling and making sure you're positioned not to miss tackles yeah. like last week? Angles, breaking down, being under control, using your help. You know, I thought, you know, we, you know, we had we had a stretch there where we were doing, you know, we were doing a really good job. I thought of coning the ball carrier and trying to really, you know, um, you know, kind of stop the added yards, you know, and uh, last week certainly wasn't our best. So, um, you know, I think they, they know that uh, we want to get back to the right mentality of playing good team defense, getting to the football. Um, you know, and just trying to stop all the extra yards that we gave up last week. So you you heard it in his voice. You knew that uh, he, he knows that that's something that's an area of concern. You know, the Raiders were credited with 13 missed tackles, according to Pro Football Focus, on uh, on Sunday against the Bears, and that's just not going to work. And four of them were uh, credited to Marcus Peters. So, again, that's not going to work either. So uh, hopefully they clean that up. Hopefully that was just a bad day to have a bad day, and it's not a trend that continues moving forward. But uh, those are the head coach Josh McDaniel sounds that I have for you. Again, we'll meet with him again on Saturday. If anything really good comes from that, I'll have it on Monday's show here on the Locked On Raiders podcast. Also, there's practice today uh, from noon to about 12.15. It'll be uh, the window where you can shoot you know, pictures and some videos and tweet out. It's really the stretching period. And then a uh, locker room will be open from two to two 45. I won't be there. I'll be on the radio. So that's not a, a go for me. But of course on Saturday is when I'll be able to uh, get a lot of information and also go into the locker room and get some sound from the players. But that's what I got for you for segment number one of today's Lockdown Raiders podcast news and notes of the day. Coming up in segment number two, want to talk about the trade deadline, what we're doing here as the Lockdown Podcast Network, kind of a little exercise that we're doing, and talk about some players that may be available for the Raiders or some players that may be available on the Raiders team right now for the rest of the league. That all come up in segment number two after I tell you about FanDuel. Right now, snap into action this NFL season with FanDuel. It's America's number one sports book. New customers will get $200 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place a $5 bet. That's $200 in bonus bets, win or lose. So if you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on the action. The app is easy to use. It's a wide range of betting options, including spreads, player props, over-unders, and a whole lot more. Visit FanDuel.com locked on. Get into the NFL season the right way with FanDuel, the official partner of the NFL. Your Locked On Raiders, your daily podcast on the Las Vegas Raiders. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, Raider Nation, here we go. Segment number two of today's Locked On Raiders podcast. Want to talk about the upcoming trade deadline that's on October 31st. That's Halloween and how it pertains to the silver and black. And here on the Locked On Podcast Network, we've been doing a little bit of an exercise. We have a spreadsheet, and basically what they did is say, hey, any any team that you you know represent, any team that you cover, like I cover the Raiders, uh, if you think that there's a player that could be available by way of the trade uh, deadline, put it on a spreadsheet. So we have this big spreadsheet put together. And so as people were putting different names on this spreadsheet but by their teams, I was looking at, okay, are there any players that the Raiders would be interested? And then I thought about, are there any players that the Raiders 
would be interested in trading off their current roster. So I had to think about it long and hard. So we'll get to that coming up in segment number two here. But before we do that, I want you to hear this little soundbite from Brad Spielberger from Pro Football Focus. Uh, he does a hell of a job over there. He does a really good job when it comes to the draft, does a really good job when it comes to you know player evaluation and uh, just a whole lot of things. Of course, Pro Football Focus, you know their grading system. But he was a guest on my radio show earlier this week, and I asked him about the trade deadline as it pertained to Hunter Renfro. So you hear my question as it pertains to Hunter Renfro and basically what could the Raiders get if they did want to trade him? Because we've all heard the rumors. We've all heard the reports that he's on the way out. We've heard that, you know, there's a a clash in personalities. They're having a falling out as far as uh, getting along between the head coach and and Hunter Renfro. And I've actually been told by someone in the building that would know that there is no clash of personalities. Now, there's no you know, there's no argument about not using him because Hunter Renfro is definitely not being used. But I was told by someone, like I said, that definitely knows what's going on in the building, that there's no personality clash and that these two guys don't get along. That's not that's not what's going on. It just seems like that for some reason, Hunter Renfro is not part of the offensive game plan. But here's Brad Spielberger on what you can get for Hunter Renfro. And then also he floats out something as well as it pertains to the Raiders and the trade deadline coming up. Check it out. And Brad, we'll close things out with this. We'll bring it back home. Uh, obviously, there's been a lot of conversation about Hunter Renfro and what uh, he's going to be doing, if he's going to be uh, available on the on the open market for the trade deadline. And, of course, it's just around the corners uh, next week on Halloween. What do you see as far as not necessarily a team who could pick up Hunter Renfro, but what do you think you can get in return for Hunter Renfro? It's tough because I can tell you for a fact, I mean, they've been calling other teams. You always have these conversations of, are they listening? Are they shopping? What do those words actually mean? I mean, they're shopping Hunter Renfro. They really, he clearly is not in the long-term plans of this team. Through the third quarter against Chicago, he had five offensive snaps. Obviously, he did get some run um, in garbage time, but it's not going to be a ton. He has a $6 million salary, and I imagine the Raiders say, we're not going to retain any of that. Uh, you know, the remaining amount, about three and, a, three and a third million. So you're talking, you know, a, a absolute best-case scenario, a fifth-round pick, which I know sounds unappealing, but, you know, he's just not really playing. So you probably take whatever you can get, clear some money, and I do think they are going to be buyers on the edge rusher market um, as well. So, so maybe mm. you swap out a receiver, bring in a pass rusher, uh, and go from there. So there you go. You hear Brad talking about Hunter Renfro and, you know, they'd be happy if they can get a fifth round pick in return. I do believe he's on his way out, right? I do believe that if he plays on Monday, that'll be his last game in the silver and black. And that's not from anyone telling me that. That's just what my gut feeling tells me. So don't don't tweet out. Don't sit there and say Q said Hunter's gone. I didn't say that at all. I'm saying that my gut feeling tells me Hunter Renfro will be traded and they'll just basically get whatever they can. That contract isn't the easiest to trade and that's why they'll just take whatever they can get. That's just my gut feeling now Tuesday could come and go and Hunter could still be on the roster and then it's something that you talk about at a later time but at the end what Brad Spielberg said that really caught my attention was something that we talked about quite a bit here on the show and that's the fact that he thinks that the Raiders are going to be buyers at the trade deadline as far as edge rushing help right and that's something that we've talked about and I thought that that could have really changed that dynamic once they lost that game to the Chicago Bears but Brad seems to think that the Raiders could still be in the market for uh, edge help around the league. So that got me looking, and that got me going back to the exercise that we've been doing here on the Locked On Podcast Network. So I'll tell you right now, the teams that are represented on this spreadsheet, the Saints, the Commanders, the Eagles, the Patriots, the Bears, the Bills, uh, the Seahawks, the Giants, and of course I had to add the Raiders as well. So I'll just go ahead and start with who I made available. We'll just go ahead and throw that out there. Hunter Renfro, no doubt about it. And 
I made Devontae Adams available. Now, hear me out. I made Devontae Adams available for the right price. And I put this in parentheses. 99.9% sure, not moving on from him. But if there's an offer that you have, feel free to let me know what it is. Because if you get overwhelmed with something that's just outrageous, well, then you've got to think about it, right? And then you've got to make a tough decision. But uh, again, you, you throw it out there. I say it all the time when it comes to jobs. Like I've had people call me and say, hey, you know, I got this job opening. Are you interested in talking? Yeah, I'll talk. I'll talk to anybody. It doesn't mean I have to take the job, right? I mean, that's just, you listen to anybody. So that's a responsible job. So if someone calls Dave Ziegler and says, hey, what is it going to take for Devontae Adams? And Dave's responsible job would be, well, what do you have? What do you what 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 would you be willing to give for him? And that doesn't mean that he has to take it, but that's just that he's going to listen, right? So those are the two guys that I made available. Those are the only two guys that you know I think that the Raiders could move on from, unless they were to move on from some you know a lower level guy uh, that's probably not going to get anything too much in return. Like remember when they moved on from Jonathan Hankins a couple years ago, and then remember the other time that they traded was uh, Gary on Conley. Remember they traded him to the Texans right before uh, the trade deadline came up. I mean they don't really a super active team at the trade deadline anyway. But those are the only two that I really threw out there, Hunter Renfro and Devontae Adams. But as it pertains to other teams around the league, I was very interested, and I brought it up on the show before. Of course, I'm interested in the commanders. Chase Young and Montez Sweat, that would fit with what Brad Spielberger said about edge rushing help. Chase Young, uh, he, he, he has the better name. I think Montez Sweat would probably be the guy that more people would like. He's a little bit less uh, banged up as Chase Young. Chase Young has the sexier name. And uh, he's actually been playing pretty well this year. So those are a couple names out there that were presented by the commanders. They have Chase Young, Montez Sweat, and then safety Lewis, uh, Lewis Kine, or Lewis Sign, uh, Scene, excuse me. So, uh, and I don't think that they need a safety. So I'm just looking really at edge rushers. The Eagles made available defensive end Derek Barnett. Also Rashad Penny, the running back. Boston Scott, the running back. And wide receiver Quez Watkins. Uh, none of those guys are interesting. But Derek Barnett, I remember when they drafted him. Uh, the Eagle fans didn't like him then. And clearly, I mean, they've got a lot of edge rushers there. Their defensive line is really bolstered up. So I could see them making Derek Barnett available. And he could be a guy that you could probably get for a much lesser, uh, you know, less draft pack capital. So you're not giving up a lot. And that's the thing about it. If you're the Raiders and you're looking to make, make a move, you don't want to give up a whole lot because you still have plenty of holes to fill. So it's not like you're just going out and saying, hey, oh, here's a second round pick or here's a first round pick. You know, you want to you want to. Get, get guys at a, at a bargain if you're going to get them, if they're made available. Uh, the Saints didn't have really anybody I was interested in. They did have uh, Andrews Pete, offensive lineman. Uh, he could be interesting, but also Jameis Winston was made available. Uh, Taysom Hill was made available. Uh, cornerback uh, Paulson Adebo was made available, and linebacker Zach Bond. But, you know, really the offensive lineman, Andrews Pete, is really uh, the only one that even caught my interest at all. For the Patriots, linebacker Josh, Josh Uche, uh, that's, that's good edge rush help. And, of course, you know that the Patriots and the Raiders have good relationships. They made safety Jalen Mills available, wide receiver Kendrick Bourne available, and then offensive tackle uh, Michael Onwenu, uh, he was made available as well. So Uche and Onwenu are two guys from the Patriots that I'd be interested in. The Bears, cornerback Jalen Johnson still on the market. Uh, he's a guy that I'm very intrigued by. Uh, you know, because I think that he could be a hell of a player in Patrick Graham's scheme, really help out the defense, but at what cost, right? He's a guy that wants a contract extension. He just had a career day against the Raiders on Sunday. So, we, so, so everyone saw him up close and personal. Maybe uh, Dave Ziegler and Champ Kelly, who Champ Kelly has ties to the Bears organization. Maybe they want to go get that guy. But if you go get that guy, you got to give him a contract extension. They also made Deontay Foreman, who the Raiders uh, saw up close to personal as well. And quarterback Justin Fields available, but Justin Fields is banged up. I don't see him going anywhere. But uh, on here, 
they're made available. Uh, the Bills made cornerback Kair Elam available. Uh, the Seahawks, wide receiver D. Eskridge, uh, cornerback Mike Jackson, and linebacker Devin Bush. And like I mentioned, I made Hunter Renfro, Devontae Adams uh, available, but for the right price. Oh, and the Giants, uh, Paris Campbell, and uh, wide receiver Paris Campbell, and defensive lineman Leonard Williams. Uh, I like Leonard Williams, uh, maybe I guess for the right price, but he's not really the Leonard Williams that he was, right? I mean, you're, you're not getting that Leonard Williams. You're getting Leonard Williams, right? It, it's a difference. So, I mean, I guess if it's for the right price and you want to just have some more depth and you want to be able to, you know, uh, have a new wrinkle because he can, is a guy that can get after it from the outside and the inside, so he's a little versatile. Obviously, Patrick Graham knows him really well, so maybe there's a slight change. Chance, but most likely not. So really, when I look at all these guys, I'm really looking at Chase Young, Montez Sweat, Jalen Johnson, Derek Barnett, and Leonard Williams. And that's like it, right? Oh, Josh Uche. Josh Uche as well. Uh, I don't think that uh, there's going to be a whole lot of movement. But, you know, with the Raiders sitting there at three and four, and depending on how it goes on on Monday, you know, against Detroit, that could really make the ultimate decision. And that's the last game before the trade deadline. That could make their ultimate decision on what they really feel like they need to do. And it's funny, I had Vinny Bonsignor on my radio show on uh, on Thursday, and he was talking about the fact that he had talked around the league to different people, and they had an idea of what they thought that the Raiders should do. And, you know, it's, it's something, that, something that people aren't going to want to hear. But basically... Uh, it would sell off some some big-time names to get as much draft capital so you could ultimately go get your quarterback. And I know some people are probably in that, that conversation as well, and, and I know at some point the Raiders are going to have to go get their quarterback. Uh, I'm just not in the, in the category of giving away all your great talent, right? And, I mean, there's only two guys that can really fetch big draft capital in return. Devontae Adams is one. Uh, I already mentioned him. And then Max Crosby. And Max Crosby is untouchable. So really the only guy that's going to get you a, a hell of a return in, uh, in draft capital is Devontae Adams. And I think that it would have to start with the first-round pick. And I still don't see that happening either. So I don't really know what the Raiders could sell off to get some really good capital in return. And if they see one of these guys that they feel comfortable with, Chase Young or Montez Sweat, you'd have to give a contract extension to both those guys. They're looking for it just like Jalen Johnson is. So that's the other scenario with those guys is that potentially you're going to have to give out some money. But they have they have some salary cap space, no doubt, for next year. So you can make it work this year, and then next year you have plenty of space. But it's interesting, and those are the guys that are made available from the pod, the Locked On Podcast Network, which I thought are interesting because they cover their their respective teams like a glove like I do with the Raiders. And so if anyone has a good pulse of who could be available, it's those guys. So those are the ones that have really been thrown out there, the Saints, Commanders, Eagles, Patriots, Bears, Bills, Seahawks, and G-Men. And, of course, I made Hunter Renfro and Devontae Adams only for the right price <laughs> available. But Hunter Renfro, I definitely believe he will be traded and moved before that uh, October 31st trade deadline. But again, that's just me. So uh, those are my thoughts on the trade deadline. I'm interested to see if the Raiders are going to be active or not and how that game, and I talked about it earlier in the week, how that game on Sunday affected the way they may approach the trade deadline. Coming up in segment number three, your calls and texts draft that Lockdown Raider podcast voicemail line, 707-654-4693. We'll get right into that after I tell you about the title sponsor, which is Prize Picks. And you probably ask me right now, well, what is Prize Picks? It's only the Daily Fantasy Sports platform, the biggest and easiest and uh, largest uh, Daily Fantasy Sports platform in North America. There's so much fun to play. It's easy. It's exciting. It's you against the numbers. It's not you against players. It's not you against pros. It's not you against sharks. It's you against projections. That's it. You know, you go more than or less than on two to six player stat projections, and you watch the winnings roll in. 
It's just that simple. You can have a way to turn $10 into $250 in just a few taps. You can make your selections in less than 60 seconds. And the less of the time that it tells me to t- takes me to tell you about this, you could already be done with your selections. And as I mentioned, you could watch the money roll in. Not to mention, Prize Picks is the only the only daily fantasy platform that has a reboot policy. It gives you basically insurance, injury insurance. So what that is, uh, if your policy, if your entries stay in play, your entry will stay in play even if one of your players gets injured. For NFL games and college football top 25 matchups, if you have a player who exits the game in the first half and does not return in the second, that player is rebooted. PrizePix is the only daily fantasy sports platform with injury insurance. Right now, go to prizepix.com slash LockedOnNFL. Use code LockedOnNFL for a first deposit match up to $100. Again, prizepix.com slash LockedOnNFL. Promo code LockedOnNFL for a first deposit match up to $100. PrizePix, daily fantasy sports made easy. I also want to tell you about DoorDash. And I don't know if you've ever had the scenario that I've had where you're stuck in the house and all of a sudden you realize there's no food. And the worst case scenario, it's right before a game or it's right before something you're doing and you can't run out and go get some food or you don't have enough ingredients in the fridge to make a a really good meal. So now you're kind of stuck. Well, that's where DoorDash can come in. And locally, DoorDash is awesome because they, you know, there's so many different businesses, local businesses, local uh, fast food chains, restaurants, whatever the case may be that are signed up with DoorDash that you're helping with the local economy as well. You're helping stabilize the local economy, uh, you know, mom and pop shops, whatever the case may be, some of the, the hometown favorites and, you know, only you that live in that area know about. Like, I'm a big Grimaldi's person when it comes to pizza. That and, uh, and Pizza Rock, those are my two pizza spots. But there's all kind of really great uh, locations that you can use DoorDash at. And it's, it's just great. And it'll come right to your house. And if you're getting ready for a game and you don't want to go out, you want to get those snacks, though? DoorDash is a way to go. Right now, you get 50% off up to $10 value when you spend $15 or more on your first order when you download the DoorDash app and use the promo code LOCKED23. Subject to change, terms apply. Again, get 50% off up to $10 value when you spend 15 or more on your first order when you download the DoorDash app and enter the promo code LOCKED23. Subject to change, terms do apply. Don't forget, use the promo code LOCKED23 for 50% off up to $10 value on your first order when you download the DoorDash app and spend $15 or more. Subject to change, terms apply. Your Locked On Raiders, your daily podcast on the Las Vegas Raiders. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Here we go, Raider Nation. Segment number three of today's Locked On Raiders podcast. Your calls and text draft that Locked On Raider podcast. Voicemail line 707-654-4693. Let's start things off with Raider Jose in Kansas. He's calling to talk about the lack of sense of urgency the Raiders have when they're on offense. Here he is, Raider Jose in Kansas. Hola, Q. Raider Jose from the Kansas Raider Nation here in Wichita, Kansas. Love the show. Much respect for you. Why does the Raiders never have a sense of urgency? They play slow. They get the plays to the huddle slow. And they walk back to the line after each play, so very slow. It's very frustrating watching their laissez-faire, never-in-a-hurry type of play. They would be a little bit more successful if they went no huddle, especially in short-yarded situations. I think this was a coaching problem. What do you think? Anyways, love the show again. Be good. Raiders! Thank you for the call, my man. I appreciate you. And you know, that's something I've been saying for a while, that – it just seems like there's no sense of urgency. There's times where it seems like they can go a little up tempo. I'm not saying go like 
full throttle. I'm not telling like go Big 12 football where, you know, they're going a million miles an hour. I don't say that, but I just feel like there's times where they have the defenses on their heels. They're having a few plays in a row that they look pretty good. I've been saying this for a couple of years now that they could just pick up the, the, the pace just a little bit, have a little bit of a sense of urgency. Again, it doesn't have to be hurry up. It just has to be a little bit quicker. Right. You know, what I mean, just a little something, something just pick up the pace a little bit that that I think would help them get into a nice rhythm. But for some reason, they just don't do it. And even when they're trying to come back late in the game and you think, man, hurry up, you're wasting a lot of time. It just seems like a lot of times time will click off the, the clock and it's just kind of bad time management. Again, it's not exclusive to this staff. It feels like to me it's been going on with the Raiders for quite a while. But thanks for the call. I'm glad you noticed that as well. I do appreciate hearing from you. Next up, got a text from Raider Rowe in Montana. It says, Q, it's Raider Rowe texting from Montana. Two questions. Do you see Joshua Daniels as a true Raider head coach? Is he a Raider? I personally have not seen it. Maybe it's because all the losing, because it's only his second year. Second question, if the Raiders' defense is at least top 15, do you think Patrick Graham is still a fall guy, or could it be Mick Lombardi? If it's not those two, then who do you think it will be when the season doesn't end well? Anyway, thanks, dog, for everything you do for the nation. Raiders. That's Raider Rowe in Montana, and You know, it's funny. I'm glad you brought up the Raider head coach because for the longest, I believed that you had to be a certain dude to be a Raider coach. Like everyone wasn't meant to be a Raider coach. Like you had to have that Raider image. You had to understand the Raider history. You had to be this, that, and the other. And that's why I was excited when John Gruden came back the second time. Well, we all know how that shook out and how that worked and it didn't really work out very well. And I was skeptical with Coach McDaniels, when he got the job, I wasn't too sure what to expect from him because he's coming from New England. I didn't think he'd even talk to the media. And so I've developed a pretty decent relationship with him. I'm not saying like friends, but I mean, he knows me. I know him. We're cordial, whatever, you know, talking the, in the media room as far as, you know, asking questions. And uh, he usually gives me a pretty good answer. It's not a BS. Just kind of rush me off because I ask question. Um, and I, I do think he's embraced being a Raider. Right. I mean, there's things he's said, you know, like and things he's done as well. Like when he, you know, tipped the cap to Cliff Branch at the Hall of Fame game uh, in the preseason when he had Jared Stidham try to throw that deep shot, uh, even though it didn't work out that way. But, you know, he did that. And that was because of Cliff Branch. There's been times in the media room where he's like, we're the Raiders. What do you expect? You know, and it's just there's things that it's not like he's ignoring the history. Now, I mean, he's not a Raider per se. I mean, he comes from New England. So of course everyone knows that. And of course he was the Broncos head coach as well. So it's not like he's just a true Raider, but I do feel like he's tried to embrace the history of the Raiders. I'll tell you this, Dave Ziegler has really embraced the history of the Raiders to the point where when the draft was coming up and they were near the war room there at the Raider facility, there's a big picture of Mr. Davis on the wall. And, you know, Dave Ziegler walked by and kind of gave it a fist bump and was like, all right, I got to go make you proud. You know, and he, and he said that the reason he did that, it just, it's just it almost gave him goosebumps because he knows what Al Davis meant to the organization uh, that Al Davis is the Raiders. And so he wanted to make him proud in the war room. So I kind of feel like Dave Ziegler for sure has embraced being a Raider. And I think Joshua Daniels is trying to be, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's different though. It just, it just is. I, I, it's funny, Rich Basaccia, uh, I know he didn't get the head coaching job, but you know, he did a good job as an interim. He kind of has the mold of like a Raider head coach because he's that guy that you don't expect to be a head coach and all of a sudden he gets named the head coach and he does pretty well even though he's never been a head coach he's been a special teams coach and assistant uh, throughout the course of his career kind of had that little Raider style Raider image you know it's it's tough now you know especially the way that the the league is and the way it's designed and how you have to you know you have to wear so many hats it's kind of hard to just have that that mold of being a Raider head coach but I guess with all that being said I guess Josh McDaniels is not a Raider coach, but he does embrace the history. As far as fall guys go, you know, I think Patrick Graham is doing a good job 
Uh, obviously, last Sunday is not is not his best work, and he knows that. Um, I don't think it'll be Mick Lombardi. Uh, I don't. I, it'll probably be maybe Carmen Brasillo, the offensive line coach, because the offensive line has struggled to open up holes for Josh Jacobs. So maybe it'd be him. Uh, somebody would go right. I mean, if things don't go well this season, you know, it won't be Coach McDaniel's unless things go terribly off the rails. But I could definitely see somebody being the fall guy. I just don't know who it's going to be. But I think Patrick Graham has done enough and has also done enough to say if you continue to give me players on that side of the ball, more talent on that side of the ball, we can even be a better unit and that might get it done. So hopefully that helps answer your question, but thanks for the text. I do appreciate you. Uh, got a call from Raider Geyer in Southern Cali. He's calling to talk about Mark Davis and him not wanting to fire Josh McDaniels and what he believes about that situation. Here he is, Raider Geyer in Southern Cali. What's up, Q? This is Raider Geyer calling from Sunland in Southern California. And I uh, just wanted to call. I'm not going to talk about that debacle I watched on Sunday that ridiculousness, but I do disagree with you on something as far as Mark Davis and, and the reason why he's not firing uh, McDummy, uh, McDaniels, pardon me. Uh, you know, you said that he wants to, to have some uh, longevity out of a coach, which I totally agree with. Problem is, he's not hiring the right guys, clearly. I mean, we had Jack Del Rio, who took us to the playoffs. We got rid of him, brought in Gruden, brought back Gruden, which was fine. I, I was okay with that. But then we had all that turmoil and drama, had to get let Gruden go. Rich Satya took over. Satya got us in the playoffs throughout that entire dramatic season filled with pitfalls and player drama. Satya kept the team together, took us to the playoffs. How does Mark Davis reward him for that? Third of him brings in Josh McDaniels. Now, you said you were surprised that we regressed from last year. I do agree with you. But for the record, and technically, we have regressed two years in a row. We regressed the year that Passaccia got let go the following year, and now we have regressed even more this year. That is a glaringly big red flag. Daniels needs to bounce. I don't want to bring in another coach, but at this point, we have a choice. Want to let it ride with the sinking ship? time to jump, man. Daniels has to go. Appreciate it, Q. Thank you very much, man. As always, I totally dig the show. You do an outstanding job. Thanks a lot, man. Thank you for the call, my man. I appreciate you. And look, the problem is Del Rio lost the team in 2017. He lost them, and that, that happened in week three in D.C. I don't have to go back over that, right? That was a game that I think all the Raider Nation will always remember. That's when 2017 got derailed. Gruden was Mark Davis's guy. So he gave him the long-term deal. He wanted him to be uh, the Raiders head coach for the longest. He wanted to have the continuity. He, he gave him everything he needed to come back, and he didn't want to lose him. Obviously, we know why Gruden's not the head coach anymore. If it hadn't been for the email situation, he would be the head coach right now. There would be no Coach McDaniels. There would have been no Basaccia as the interim head coach. It would have been Gruden, Gruden, and Gruden until he didn't want to be that guy anymore. So, I mean, he's he's done what he's tried to do to, to put the right guys in place. It just hasn't worked out for one reason or the other. Then he made the move for McDaniels because McDaniels is a guy that you know, many teams have been trying to lure out of New England for a long time, including the Colts. We remember how that ended, and it, it didn't go well, obviously, for Indianapolis. And Josh McDaniels had a bad feeling about that, so he didn't take that job. But he wanted this job. He wanted to be the Raiders head coach. You know, he wanted to have Dave Ziegler as the GM. He wanted to go, you know, be here in Vegas and, and, and get this organization turned around. So Mark Davis hired him with the understanding that, hey, we're, I'm going to give you the the ability to get this made in the way that you guys see fit so that you could have longevity as far as success goes, not just one year. 
Like, think about it. The, no, the fact that we know exactly what years the Raiders made the playoffs off the top of our head since the last time they were in the Super Bowl, and we know it was 2016 and 2021, that's a shame. That tells you all you, you need to know. So Mark Davis is trying to avoid that. He wants to build this team up. He wants these guys to build the team up so they're consistently in the playoffs each and every year. Now, I don't know what that's going to look like because obviously it feels like it's not going in the right direction right now. But, you know, constantly firing guys and hiring guys and firing guys and hiring guys, that doesn't do any good because you can't really get a coach that's good. You know, if you're constantly firing guys and hiring guys and firing guys and hiring guys, someone that's a really good coach is going to say, yeah, thanks, but no thanks. There's no security there. I don't want to take that job, right? It's, it's like perfect example, and then I'll move on. Perfect example is me with the, my ESPN gig. I'm on ESPN National right now. I can easily just say, hey, I don't want to do my local show anymore because I make more money doing this, that, and the other, and it's national. Why would I want to do something local? Well, for me, my job security means something, and, and national radio doesn't have job security, right? So it's kind of like looking at uh, – it kind of looks at, at like a head coach that keeps getting fired. You might look at a situation that looks good on the surface, but if there's no job security, those top-notch guys aren't going to want it. So they're going to say, yeah, thanks, but no, but thanks. I'll keep this over here. So like I said, I bring it back to me. I'd rather keep my local gig because I feel very comfortable in I'm going to have really good job security. My, my company I work for has shown that, you know, job security is not a problem. As long as you go and do your work, you don't have to worry about, you know, being ousted, getting that phone call in the morning like, hey, thanks, we don't need, your, we don't need you anymore. And we're, ESP, we're not ESPN in particular, but just national radio in general, ESPN, Fox, whatever it is, there is no security like that. Right. You could be there one day and be out the next. So it would be foolish to put all eggs in one basket and then also look up and get that call like, yeah, Q, this has been cool. Thanks. Um, we appreciate you. We're out. That's that, that's basically the best way I could put it. And in, in the words and in terms that I understand and maybe it'll help you understand as well. But thanks for that call. I do appreciate you. Uh, one more text. We'll take it from a Raider Foley. Say, yo, Q. Just want to say how much I appreciate your continued quality content you put out for the Raiders. As a lifelong fan from Santa Rosa, there aren't many people I enjoy discussing Raiders football with anymore. You keep it real and keep us moving forward. Quick two cents on McDaniels. Pathological liar. His excuses are repetitive regurgitation. Praying for better days. Always staying loyal. Raiders. Raider Foley now from South Florida. Thank you, Raider Foley, for that. I appreciate you. And I know right now nobody has a good feeling on Coach McDaniels. And the only way that people are going to get a good feeling about Coach McDaniels, he's got to earn that. There's nothing I could say. There's nothing he could say. There's nothing Mark Davis could say. There's nothing nobody could say about how great of a guy he is or a great coach he is. He's got to go out there and prove it. That's the only way he's going to get turned around the narrative that's out there right now, that he's not a good head coach, he's not a good leader of men. He's not. I mean, there's nothing, there's nothing that any of us can say. And so I'm not going to ever be the guy that's going to sit there and defend him because, again, there's nothing I can say that, that would even make sense. He's got to go out there and show. And how do you do that? Win. <laughs> You've got to win. You've got to find ways to win. Raider Nation has seen losing for way too long, far too long. So right now, the seat is hot. No matter who's in that spot, the seat is hot. So he's got to go out there and prove it, and then maybe the narrative will change. But until then, when I hear what I hear about Coach McDaniels, I, I, don't, I don't blame anyone because I understand where it's coming from, an area of frustration, and it hasn't been proven that he's really a good head coach. It's proven that he's a good offensive coordinator, at least in New England, it hasn't been proven anything else outside of that Patriot bubble. So we will see. But thank you so much for that text. I do appreciate you. And that's all I got time for. Got a call from Raider Down Under, a text from Rob in Vegas, Raider Conman in Frisco, uh, Gonzo Raider from the 505. We'll get all those on Monday's show. We'll get keys to victory on Monday's show because it is Monday Night Football closing out week eight. 
Raiders, and Lions. Until then, Raider Nation will also meet with Coach McDaniels on Saturday, get some locker room sound as well. So we'll have a locked and loaded show on Monday. Look forward to it, but definitely enjoy the weekend. In the meantime, in between time, football on Saturday, football on Sunday, and, of course, Raiders action on Monday. Until then, Raider Nation, take care of yourself, take care of your family, love on your family. Most importantly, as always, just win, baby.